phase is locked and ready to fire, sir. Illogical. Hello and welcome back to Federation Radio with me, your host, Flo, once again. So today we're going over the episode, The Doomsday Machine, which is an episode... Well, for one thing, I think it's the very first time we ever see another Federation ship in an episode other than just the Enterprise, which is kind of cool. And for another thing, it's the first... Well, it's not the first, but like it... Well, maybe it is the first. I don't know. It's the first, as the name suggests, Doomsday Machine. This is the first of the like planet-destroying, world-ending threats that we have in the universe. So... This thing, to me, always kind of looked like... I don't know if you guys have ever seen... There's a type of snail or slug that lives... I think it's a snail. And it's like a volcanic snail. It's all red and has this, like, ashy outlook to it. I don't know how to describe it. It looks like a red and black slug. And it looks like it comes from, like, the depths of hell. And that's kind of what the Doomsday Machine looks like. It, to me, looks like this really long, rocky-looking slug with a big, wide-open mouth at one end that's just full of fire. I don't actually know what this thing is, or how exactly they created it. I'm guessing it's some kind of model or thing that they built, and they just put, like, an LED or something in it and did a little bit of effects to it. I'm not 100%, but it looks cool. It's very basic, but, like, it does look really cool. But, like, this episode starts with them coming to a solar system, realizing that there's just debris everywhere, like, the third planet in the system no longer exists. They're not sure why, they're looking around for the reason. Then they pick up a message from a starship called the Constellation, and it's a distress beacon. And the ship is in great danger. Now, we end up finding it. It's not too far from this destroyed planet. It's just in the system. And when we get there, uh, well, as we're going there, Kirk mentions the Constellation is Commodore Matt Decker's ship. Like, he used to be good friends with Matt Decker. He really likes this guy. Like, it seems like Decker... I. I don't know if Kirk was directly under his command at one point, or whether they were just friends, like, at the Academy or whatever. Like, they go way back. They're supposed to have been long-ago friends. And Commodore is obviously above Captain, so he's a higher rank. Now, we find the ship, and the ship is in bad shape. It, it looks like the Enterprise, but it's just torn to shreds. One of the engines is completely, like, ripped apart with no metals left on it. It, it looks like it's been through hell. And they end up going aboard, they transport aboard, and they find that, oddly, the ship is really damaged. It is still semi-functional, but most systems are down, there's a lot of damage, but there's no bodies. There's no indication of where the crew is, there's no bodies, and as Kirk points out, like, whatever happened, it seems as if they knew it was going to happen before it did, because they had time to evacuate. There's no sign of a struggle, so it doesn't look like the ship was boarded, they weren't stolen or anything. They had time to get off in a fairly organized manner, which just leads to even more confusion of, like, what happened. They end up going through some of the logs, and they find that, like, the ship had been engaging with some kind of super weapon. Some kind of doomsday weapon, or something like that. And they end up going around, and they're looking everywhere, and they can't find anyone. Eventually, they do actually find, down in the engine bay, there's Matt Decker. Or Commodore Matt Decker, who is just, at this point, in an utter state of shock. And... After a short discussion with him, like, after working out that he's okay, like, the doctor looks him over and he is in shock and he's absolutely, like, he's got the eyes of a man who's just watched all his friends die. And he's just not in his right mind. But he does end up saying, like, what happened was that they engaged the ship. It was this huge ship. They didn't know what to do about it. It has the capability of literally eating asteroids and eating thing like, just all of this matter, apparently, and recharging itself and healing itself when it does so. Which leads them to this interesting, like, 
They don't know what this thing is. They presume that it's some kind of mechanical weapon or super weapon from a long ago species that was probably used something like a doomsday weapon, like an H-bomb, as they say. It was used to destroy planets and eat them and be a constant killing machine. And they're not sure what happened. They're like either whoever created it is long gone or they're dead or the machine went rogue or went out of their range. They're not sure. But this machine is continuing to rip through. Now, they do end up speculating that this machine might be from outside the galaxy. I don't actually remember how they come to that conclusion, but they end up saying that, and that could be true. Again, outside the galaxy, as we've discussed before, there's that weird barrier that you can't pass, and passing it does weird things to you. Getting through it's very difficult. Like, it's not something you can easily breach. But this is a doomsday weapon, so it has breached it and come into the galaxy and is now destroying solar systems. Now, it seems to be drawn towards energy because we find that throughout the episode this ship seems to be drawn to power like it doesn't seem to target their ships unless their ships get close to it and start charging up their energy systems then it seems to be drawn towards the power so spock speculates that this ship is actually attracted to power sources either molten from planet's cores which is why it destroys them or from like dilithium crystals and things inside of the ships themselves so they work out what's going on and decker sort of says what happened to his crew was that they put down on the third planet of the system after the first fight with the ship because they had no choice. He's like, the ship was screwed. It was going to be destroyed. It was so ruined that they no way they could repair it on their own. They had no choice. They had to let the crew down. But he's, as he said, I am the commander. I go down with my ship, but I had to keep my people safe. And then he had to watch from his ship where he had no power to do anything about it. He had to watch that doomsday ship destroy that world. Now, we're not sure why. Like, I'm not sure if it was just drawn to the planet for energy, or whether it was intelligent enough to work out that the people that had tried to attack it from that ship were now on the planet and it destroyed it, because it doesn't directly communicate, so no one's really sure. It just, for whatever reason, the people sat down on that planet where they thought they'd be safe, and then it decided to destroy the planet in front of Decker, who was on the ship, unable to do anything, and then he was stuck until they arrived. Now, at this point, they send Decker back to the Enterprise alongside Dr. McCoy, and Scotty and Kirk stay aboard the Constellation to try and patch it back together. You know, they're trying to patch the ship, get it back and running, get the engines going so they can at least, you know, use the tractor beam of the Enterprise with a bit of assistance from it to drag it back to a starbase somewhere to get it running again. Now, at this point, that's the goal. So at, not long after that, though, they transport back. Commander Decker ends up back on the bridge because he's up there with Spock because he says he's fine. He wants to help. He wants to share his knowledge, which Spock's happy to have. And then not long after that, the Doomsday Machine actually shows up and it starts firing on the Constellation right as um, Kirk and that are about to beam back. Now, again, it seems intelligent. It almost seems like it was picking up their communications, knew that people were transferring between ships, and then it decided to fire on the Enterprise. And it fired on the Enterprise in a way that actually disabled the transporters, which always made me feel like there must be something to that. I always felt like this machine was far more intelligent than it's given credit for. But they don't really seem to speculate much on this. They try and fight it and immediately determine their weapons aren't enough to destroy it. They don't know what they can do. The ship's coming closer to them. They just barely manage to get away from it. Now, the Enterprise is going at full speed to get away. And at some point, the Doomsday Machine actually turns and it starts to leave the system in a different way. And they determine from its flight path that it's actually heading towards a system in the next, or a planet in the next system called Rigel, which is apparently a colony of the Federation where 
there is a lot of energy because it's again hunting energy so it's heading towards this planet and they've determined that they have to stop it well at least this is Decker's opinion we have to stop it Spock sort of tries to say you know the Enterprise will be destroyed but it's illogical to chase it we don't have the weaponry to destroy it we have no idea how to and we're barely in a position to do anything and he says our comms are down we need to move away from this system we need to get out of the system so that we can make communications with Starfleet to send a warning and organize more ships and resources to come help now, remember, Kirk is stuck on the Constellation at this point, and because of what the Doomsday Machine is doing, it's blocking all communications, which means they're not able to talk anymore, and Kirk is stuck on the ship where he's basically blind. So he's running around with Scotty, rapidly trying to fix things, trying to work out what's going on, get the engines going, get everything going. Sorry, I'm very tired tonight, but uh, get the engines going and like see if they can help in some way, or at least get out of there. So... Kirk's freaking out. Eventually they get the view screen going and the sensors, just enough to see it at the very wrong moment. Which, I'll go back to the Enterprise and explain how they got to the moment before I tell you what happened. So, they get away from it. Spock, like I said, is advocating, let's not chase it down, let's not get ourselves killed here. So, Commander Commodore Decker, who is a Commodore at this point, says to Spock, I am taking command, Mr. Spock. We are going after that ship. We will destroy it. Spock, again, keeps trying to advise we should not do that. It is nothing but suicide to go after that ship when we know we can't make a difference. Now, Commodore then relieves him of duty, forces him aside, and Spock sort of does the Vulcan thing. He does the very logical, but you do have the authority to replace me, and states exactly what rules say so. Now, at first, he allows the Commodore to do what he wants to do, and the Commodore decides to send the ship straight after it. Now, at first, they're scanning it, and I guess Spock is kind of hoping maybe they'll work out a way around this, and the way around all of that, and they'll find some way to do this. So, they go in, and they start fighting. And this is the moment where I said Kirk gets the screen going, and he realizes, oh my god, what are they doing on the Enterprise? As he sees the Enterprise, you know, his ship and his crew fighting a ship that he knows can destroy planets. He knows that they're screwed. So... He's trying to fix everything. They manage to get their engines going and get towards the Enterprise. And when they get there, the ship has been damaged, but they manage to get away once again. And at this point, the ship is damaged. Like, the Enterprise is not in good shape. And Spock says, you know, we need to go. Once again, he's advocating. We need to leave. We can't keep fighting. And the Commodore says we need to attack again. And that's when Spock actually fires up and says no. We did it your way before, that's how he says, no offense, Command oh, Commodore, but your crew died under your command, and now you're trying to repeat that action, which will lead to nothing but suicide of this ship. And as he states, suicide is a sign, suicide is a sign of you not being in your right mind, which means I would be within my rights to medically replace you right now as commander and take command from you. And at that point, they get into an argument, and then he tells the security officer, take Commodore Decker to the medical bay. He needs a complete medical check over. I am taking command. And at that point is when Kirk co like contacts the ship, and he and Spock have a long talk about that moron Decker, and, well, Kirk says, that lunatic Decker who's trying to risk his ship. And, um, yeah, at that point, Decker goes to a, a floor below, and Decker ends up actually punching out the security guard, because he's, like I said, he's out of his mind. He's just lost 400 people, all of his closest friends and comrades, and he's just, he wants revenge. He runs to the shuttle bay, and he launches a shuttle, which we don't find out about until Spock gets the message. He's like, someone is opening the shuttle bay right now. 
So, you know, it's not authorized. They work out as Decker. Kirk tries to talk to him. Spock tries to talk to him. Everyone tries to talk him down. But he just says, no, I should have died with my crew. And he gets in his shuttle and he just flies directly for the Doomsday Weapon and goes inside of it. But while it seems he dies in vain, he doesn't quite. Because in that moment, Sulu actually, through the senses, manages to determine when the Doomsday Machine eats energy or eats on the inside, it actually has a moment where its energy is weaker. So they determine that when it's eating is a good time to hit it. And if it was to eat a whole lot of energy from within its mouth, it might actually damage it because it's within the shell instead of all their weapon fire hitting the outside. So they come up with a plan where they're going to turn the constellation into a bomb. They're going to use the engines in a way where it's going to be self-destruct once it goes inside the mouth, hoping that will destroy it. Now... Again, I swear this ship is intelligent, because when they do that, they set it all up, and then right as Kirk's about to transport across, it gets shot, and the transporters go down again. Now, Scotty manages to slap together something with the Constellation's transporter system and get it running, but he's like, you've only got about 45 seconds, we need to get out of here right now. So they get on the transporter, they transport back to the Enterprise, and then just like the plan was, the ship heads towards it, it gets lured in by the energy, it absorbs it, and as it absorbs it, it goes in its mouth and explodes, and that does bring down the Doomsday Machine. So, it's it's a very tense episode, and a lot happens, but at the same time, it's actually not. It's kind of... A lot happens, but also nothing happens, in a way, if you know what I mean. Like, they meet a machine, it's dangerous, but they kill it all within the same episode. They meet the Constellation, which is exciting, a new ship, except the crew's dead... And the Commodore dies very quickly, so it's not really a new ship. It's not like this is going to be a recurring character. Now this, as a standalone episode, good fun. It's, it's a good episode. I would suggest people watch it. But like, in, this is, in my mind was actually better than it was to watch. Like, re-watching it, I'm like, look at this. We're, we're barely 15 minutes into the episode here, and I'm running out of things to say, because to be honest, that's it. That's all that happens. It's a cool little episode to show off Scotty's engineering skills. It shows off that, once again... People who, this is sort of a meme going forward, but like people who are not captains, anyone that goes above the rank of captain apparently just loses brain cells because we meet very few competent admirals. They're almost all greedy or out for their own ends or just outright stupid. Commodores seem to go the same way in the original series. I'm not, I I still don't know the difference between a Commodore and an admiral. This show seems to use them interchangeably because we hear a lot about admirals as well in the original show. Even though we don't actually meet them, we meet more Commodores, but it's, I don't know. But there's a running trope that it's like, if you leave the captain's seat and get promoted upwards, your life gets worse and you become worse. It's even a thing that, well, spoilers, we're going to see with Kirk later on in the movies. And that's why he's going to give Picard the line that everyone always remembers. Stay in that chair. That chair is where you belong. Never let them promote you, no matter what they say. Do not leave that damn chair. Like, that is Kirk's advice to Picard later on, which is really good advice, I think, as far as Starfleet works. You basically don't want to be an admiral. You become an idiot. You're going to make mistakes or become corrupt. And you just become a desk jockey doing nothing but bureaucracy, paperwork, administration, and, like... The captains that go out there, they go out there for exploration. They want to lead people. They want to be in in the thick of it, not at a desk. It it doesn't suit people like Kirk, and it doesn't suit the other captains. And You know, Commodore Decker is interesting because he was still leading a ship, which I don't know, because from what we've seen even before in in, uh, Season 1, there was a Commodore, and he wasn't leading a ship. He was in charge of a moon base or a planetary base, a colony or something. So, like, 
I'm not sure. I mean, admirals can take charge of ships, but it doesn't seem common. I find it interesting that Decker was in charge of the constellation. There was no mention of a captain. It's not like he was superseding that captain's authority to take command. It was his command, which is interesting. But anyway, that's the Doomsday Machine. It is, it's a pretty um, pop culture reference one. Like, a lot of people will remember this. If you show Star Trek fans the picture of the Doomsday Machine itself, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But if you ask many details about the episode, other than mad old Commander Decker, not many people really have much to say, because, like I'm showing here, there's not a whole lot to say. But anyway, thank you for listening. I'm sorry that once again we're having a bit of a shorter episode, but like I said earlier, some Star Trek episodes are like that. There's going to be some episodes where I only have like 15, 20 minutes of stuff to say, and there's going to be some where I'm probably going to rant for an hour and a half. Prepare yourself for those, because I'm guaranteeing they will happen in future. So, uh... Thanks for coming by. I hope to see you all next week. And uh, this has been the end of my like special long week thing. This is me doing... I did seven episodes in a row. This one, I think, is coming out the Sunday of the week after. And I will do my best to make sure that in the coming Wednesday, I will record another episode. I will not try and leave it for a month or for a week or two again. I will try and stay more consistent. So thank you for sticking with me, everyone, and to all the new followers, I appreciate it. My email is in the description. Feel free to contact me for anything, theories or ideas, anything like that. I'm, I'm open to it. So thank you and bye for now.